You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 60, and the first episode of 2021. Welcome back, guys. Took a two-week break off uh, with the holidays and everything, and now we're back in 2021, woohoo, with podcast episodes. I wanted to kick this year off with an episode from my friend Sarah from Juna. I've talked about Juna on the podcast before, and Sarah has been on the podcast before to share her uh, her birth stories, but we are talking about pregnancy-safe exercises this week, diastasis recti, uh, recovery afterwards in terms of your core. Sarah also touched on running, uh, resuming to running if you're a runner. And we talked a lot about your pelvic floor, and she even gave some tips on how to find time to work out now that you're a mom, (laughs) because that is a big struggle, a very, very big struggle. (laughs) So like I said, Sarah is coming on today to talk about all of that stuff and more. Sarah is the founder, like I said, of Juno, which is a fitness and nutrition app for pregnancy and postpartum. And she is actually a pre and postnatal exercise specialist as well. And she spent the last 10 years of her career building, launching, and marketing digital fitness products, one of them being Juna. Sarah realized that there was a serious gap in the market during her own path to motherhood. She's got three babies now and started her mission to create the product she wished she had during pregnancy and beyond, which is how Juna was born. So pretty cool. I love the Juna app. I used it all throughout my pregnancy, and we'll talk about it more uh, before we get into this episode and throughout. So let's get started. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. This episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, before we get into this episode, was sponsored by Juna. I think you guys could have guessed that. (laughs) Juna was created by moms for moms to provide guided expert fitness and nutrition programs for conception, pregnancy, and mom life. The conception part is new, which is pretty cool. Everything they do is carefully crafted to support moms during the most beautiful and challenging times of your life. Yes, I think we can all agree with that. Juna is the number one app for moms providing incredible features all in one place, including preparing your body for pregnancy with a 12-week trying to conceive program. Like I said, that's brand new, which is pretty cool. They also have trimester-specific prenatal workouts and postpartum fitness workouts and a soon-to-release core and restore program for anyone with diastasis recti, which we're going to talk about in this episode, or core and pelvic floor issues. If you want to check out the Juna app, you can search for it in the App Store or on Google Play, or you can go to subscribe.juna.co to sign up. And I do have a discount code. It's Liesel, L-I-E-S-E-L, and that will save you 20% on a yearly subscription if you decide to go with that option. There is a free seven-day trial whenever you sign up, which is pretty cool. You get to try the app before you decide to purchase anything. But yeah, go check it out. It's a pretty cool little app, and I personally uh, used it and still use it for postpartum workouts. And now let's get into today's episode. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. You've been on the podcast before. It's been, has it been a year? (laughs) Something like that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. Um, So... I'm sure not everybody that's listening has is familiar with you and has listened to your episode because that episode that we that we recorded was a completely different episode that we're than that we're going to do today. So, Sarah, can you introduce yourself briefly and yeah, tell me who you are, where you live, your hobbies, your interests, what you do, all that, all that good stuff. Sounds good. Well, my name is Sarah Kuhn. I am uh, the mom of three. I have a six-month-old, a two-and-a-half-year-old, and a four-year-old. So I am, you Woo-hoo. know, deep, deep in early mom life. Yeah. 
Um, I'm also the mom behind the Juna.moms account on Instagram and the founder of the Juna app, which is pregnancy. It's actually fitness and nutrition for the pregnancy and postpartum and trying to conceive journey. We, we launched the trying to conceive program, um, a few months back. So that like a little blur, I used to say just pregnancy and fitness nutrition, but now Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, fitness and nutrition for the whole motherhood journey, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Um, yeah. So that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, last time you were on, Sarah, you shared your birth stories. We talked about birth and and everything. We talked about Juno a little bit, but today we are going to do an episode um, all about pregnancy, fitness, and talking about busting some myths um, regarding pregnancy fitness. I get a lot of, a fair amount of DMs asking about that subject. And since it's the beginning of the year and, if, you know, even I, you and I yes. chatted about this the other day of, <laughs> about getting into new workout routines at the being, beginning of the year. Even pregnant people, um, I'm sure, have that that mindset of like, okay, it's the beginning of the year. Let's let's get into a new workout uh, <laughs> routine. Let's yes. get healthy. So, um, I figured this was a good episode to do to kick off this year. Sounds so. Good. Yeah. So let's just kind of go through some of these. These questions were actually from, I took uh, from a random takeover that you did because Sarah comes on to my, my Instagram every once in a while and she'll answer these questions for people. Um, so I took some of these questions that you guys have asked Sarah and just kind of plopped them together, uh, some of the most common ones. So let's start off. Um, this is one that I get uh, that a lot of people comment on any sort of like fitness posts about heart rates. And is the heart rate thing true? Like, do you have to keep your heart rate under a certain uh, level during your pregnancy for it to be safe? Like, can you not go over 120 or 140 or is that a total myth or like what's even going on with that? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so funny. This is one of my favorite questions, mainly because this was the initial breadcrumb for me and wanting to start Juna. When Ooh. I had my first pregnancy, I was a big runner prior to, Mm -hmm. um, my first pregnancy. And I, so like the first thing I did when I found out I was pregnant was Google, like, what can I do? And, you know, and, and I just, this 140 minute beats per minute was all over the internet. Like, do not let your heart rate, you know? And I just remember being like, I exercise like at a moderate intensity, I'm at like 170. And like, that's just me because I've been a runner. I have a really low resting heart rate, but I'm able to get my heart rate up super high. Yeah. And I was just like, this is – so I was just terrified to work out the entire pregnancy. And so – when thinking of Juna, I like this question is just always comes to mind. So that's the long answer. The short answer <laughs> is it is it is completely like that's just not how we judge um, exertion anymore. Like the best yeah. way to determine whether you're working too hard is using the talk test. And so if okay. you can carry on like a one to two word sentence with someone, that's like really where you want to be. Um, like when you're exercising, so you you shouldn't be completely out of breath like and not like and gasping for air if you're struggling to get oxygen then that that's probably not great for the baby either yeah and so you can kind of, like the like like the using a, a heart rate monitor is totally fine, but I just wouldn't get obsessive about it. Um, mm-hmm. it it's not a like depending on your fitness level it's not a great barometer for whether or not you're working too hard. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Yeah. No, I try to, I, you mentioned running and I ran as well and start trying to get back into it too, um, nowadays. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I kind of was doing that at the end where I was doing heart rate training, not well, not talking about pregnancy or anything, but I was doing heart rate training. Um, but I was finding that I was obsessively like looking at my watch <laughs> to see what mm-hmm. my heart rate was. And I was like, I'm just, why don't I just like go by how I'm feeling (laughs) and how I'm able to carry on a conversation. It's way easier than like trying to keep your heart rate under this certain number. (laughs) Yes. And you know, it's funny because I'm, I am, you know, after knowing what I know now, which is very different than my first pregnancy, I would be on the Peloton like exercising and I always just want to know, like, so I would always see where I was at with 140 and I'm like, Yeah. yeah, that's just like a very, 
very like like lower lower than moderate intensity yeah. for me and yeah. and i yeah it's really hard to get the benefits of cardiovascular exercise when you're tempering at yeah. like at such a degree yeah makes total sense and it's also important to note too that if you are having any sort of like symptoms like you're starting to feel faint or dizzy or anything not to continue that. <laughs> right. That's what right. we, you know, but usually yeah. that means that your heart rate is getting to a level, you know, it's, it's a little bit too high for you. So it's more, yeah. The basically the answer to this question is like, it's a myth. <laughs> it's, it's a myth and that you should go by. Yeah. Go, go by, by, how, go by you're how you're feeling. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So the next question is how much should I do cardio versus like strength training during pregnancy? Somebody wanted to know about I'm, I personally, I don't know what I actually, I don't know what I like better. I was going to say, I personally like cardio better, but I don't, I like the variation. I do, you know, the June, the June workouts, the strength training workouts some days and then cardio on other days. I don't know what I even prefer anymore, but somebody wanted to know if, you know, how much should you do one versus the other? What's the best, what's the best thing? So it's important to note that you do need both. Like you need the cardiovascular training um, for your heart. You also like, like pregnancy and childbirth is like, is a marathon. So preparing yourself for the endurance of that is really important. You also need the strength to help you prepare your body for all the postural changes that happen. If you're strength training throughout your pregnancy, then you're less likely to have back and hip pain. And because your, your body can support those changes. The the last thing I will say is that, you know, what people don't talk enough about is how physical motherhood is. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Like carrying car seats, moving your strollers in and out of the car, picking your baby up off the ground. Like that it's like, this is, this is one of the things I'm like, we do a lot of, um, they're called surrenders in the, in the Juna app. And I wonder if people actually make the connection because you're going from your knees to standing back Mm -hmm. to your knees. And it's because you're picking your baby up off the ground and now you don't have the support. You can't like, push up with your hands because you're holding your baby. So you need to have the (laughs) strength to be able to get up off the ground safely. Um, And then the other is like getting them in and out of the crib. Like, yeah, doing that with a seven pound baby isn't that hard, but eventually your baby's going to be 20 pounds and like you need to be able to do that correctly to not throw your back out. And they're, as they get bigger, their crib lowers. So it's like, exactly. It's harder and harder. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, and so, so you really do need both strength and cardiovascular training in the Juna app. We have with basically we have Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays are all cardio days. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday are strength training days. Um, or maybe it's inverse. So I think it's like four days of strength training and two days of cardio. Um, so as as long as you're getting like a nice blend, if you prefer cardio training and you're going to do more, more like cardio than you would strength and like inversing that and doing four days of cardio and three of strength or two of strength, that's fine too. But you really just want to make sure that you're doing it all and hitting all of your body parts that are super important. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. So this next one is about diastasis recti. And uh, this person said, help, what are some good exercises for DR? What should I do? I personally did have a little bit of a diastasis, um, after giving birth to Ryland, but it's fixed itself now. Um, but that is super common that a lot of people experience is that, is that DR, um, where they have separation of their abdominal muscles. So I know that Juna is, is great. That app is great, um, for targeting some of those exercises, but what I guess specifically are some of the things that you need to be thinking about or doing? Yeah. So I think the first thing is that like you mentioned how common it is, but like yeah. literally a hundred percent of women at 40 weeks will have a diastasis. There's right. no way that you can like get through pregnancy without your muscle belly separating. I like mean, that, where's it going to go? Where's it <laughs> right? going, right? It's exactly. Only, it's only going to go out. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's only a problem when it's like when this diastasis still exists at 12 weeks postpartum, yes. that's typically when, when it, if, if it was going to to resolve itself on its own, it was yes. like that's when we would know. Mm-hmm. The first thing is that throughout pregnancy, there are things that you can do to minimize this, and that's like really understanding and controlling the intra-abdominal pressure when you're doing exercises or when you're doing a movement that can like that can put your 
like put you in at, at risk for it. So like getting out of bed when you are, when you like lift up instead of rolling over to your side, you'll see this like little cone or like, or doming of your abdomen, like abdomen. And that's basically the, the pressure of your organs is pushing out your muscle bellies. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's the easiest way. Most people will think of it in an exercise, but like there's everyday movements that you do throughout your pregnancy that continue to put you at risk for that. And so if you're starting to notice it, like getting up off the floor, like don't do a sit up, roll over to the side. Don't do a sit up in bed, roll yes. over to the side. Yeah. Um, so those are things. And then if you're, if when you're exercising, you notice that your, your abdomen is coning or doming, then you really want to stop doing that exercise. Focus on like controlling, like so basically doing a, a essentially like a pelvic brace where you're like, you're holding your, your like transverse abdominus is holding everything in mm-hmm. and then do that exercise. And if you still are seeing that, then you just stop doing that exercise altogether. And so with that, we get a lot of questions like, you know, like, oh, aren't planks unsafe for pregnancy? And it's like, no, if you can, if, if your core is strong enough to hold mm-hmm. in, then it's totally fine. Like there, there's people that can't, that can't do it correctly at 10 pregnant. And then there's people that can still do it correctly at 40 weeks. It just is, it's a case by case basis and you need to understand your body best. Um, the thing that I would recommend both in pregnancy and postpartum that is super helpful is diaphragmatic breathing, which is like not mm-hmm. even exercise. It's just working on breathing. And that is really good for your TVA, for your pelvic floor and for your diaphragm to like reconnect. Um, and other for exercises, <laughs> yes, and for your mind. I know I lo- actually work on it as my it's like my meditation yeah. for the day. Yeah. Um, and it's like been so nice to have it directly in the app because like I I just I literally will do it for two minutes. That's, right. <laughs> that's that's your thing for it. Exactly. No, I totally I I totally agree. Yeah. Um, what I was gonna say before we get into this next question, which this next question kind of goes along with what we were talking about with core exercises, um, is the pelvic tilts is that is something, what were you, what was the muscle that you said? The trans, the transverse abdominus. Yeah. Learning how to control that muscle. I remember learning how to do that and, and, and actually feeling that muscle and Uh how hard it is, like how it, it just, it's like, you don't, it's hard to explain, but like, you have to like, think about the process. I remember thinking like, it's like you're scooping, it's like a wave you're like scooping up like the back part of your butt and cut and like coming. I'm probably sounding crazy, but <laughs> like, you're like, you're like, it's like a wave, like coming from your butt to your belly button. And like, that's how I, that's at least how it worked in my body that how I could trigger it and activate it that I had yep. to like, think about it like that. It doesn't make any sense because we're on a podcast and you can't see me like moving my hands all around, <laughs> but <laughs> it made total sense to me. Um, yes. but yeah, that muscle is hard. I mean, it was hard for me at least at first. I'm sure. It's hard for other people to activate. Yeah. It's funny. You Have you seen forgetting Sarah Marshall? Uh, I have, but it's been, I mean, I couldn't, if you told me anything about it, I couldn't. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> There's like a f- fantastic scene in it with uh, Kristen Wiig and she's the yoga yeah. instructor and she's like, you know, but arch your back, but straighten it. And I, it's yeah. just, it always, this is like the, the, like, like doing a, a pelvic brace correctly, like reminds me of that because it's like, you have to scoop and, and like tilt, but like yes. also you have to have a neutral pelvis. And so there's, there's, it's yeah. And it's one of those things actually in our core restore program that we're going to be launching this month, we, um, we have our pelvic floor PT, like walk you through it because Mm -hmm. I, I think it's like one of those, I still recommend everyone see a pelvic floor PT because they like after, you know, when postpartum, because it's so hard to know if you're doing something right. And you could just be getting absolutely nothing out of the exercises yeah. if you're not doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and I, I remember when we were filming this, this program, like I, I, you know, I get, it was like, th- you know, three hours of filming. And I like said to Katie, I'm like, Oh my God, my like lower abdomen is on fire mm-hmm. right now because it was just so focused. And I had her like literally she's like adjusting every movement of mine to make sure that I was doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I wish everyone could have this like one-on-one experience, I but know, right? hopefully, hopefully the program will do that. But 
Well, cool. Well, this next question was just taught. We're just talking more about core exercises. This person wanted to know what are some good core exercises during pregnancy? What is even the benefit in this? Is it a myth that you can't do ab workouts during pregnancy? You've already kind of touched on this. Um, just the benefits of, you know, getting prepared for labor. And you talked about afterwards, like strengthening your core for the impact that motherhood has, but yeah. I mean, we yeah. can kind of skip over this question, but if you wanted to reiterate, you certainly can. <laughs> I, again, I, again I'll, I'll just touch on it quick. Cause I think they're yeah. like doing, um, diaphragmatic breathing yes. is, is great. Bridges are great. Heel yes. slides are great. And then like transverse abdominis isolations and, and like pelvic tilts where you're just kind of like focused on those on, on your TVA. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I will say is that most when, whenever you like, I, I don't like to say ab workouts because like, and, and even postpartum, like, and yeah. like just being in mom life, like, like the, the, like your, your rectus abdominis, like your six pack abs is like what everyone thinks about with sit-ups. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much that makes up your core. That's more important than that. Just like the, the, like, sexy muscle that everyone talks about. Right. And like, and in pregnancy, you like, you can pretty much like make anything a core workout if you're doing a pelvic brace during the exercise, which you should be. So even like a front loaded squat is a core exercise because you have to stabilize everything and your, like your posture is completely thrown off. So in order to hold your correct posture, it is a core exercise. So just focusing on correct posture and form and breathing makes anything a core exercise. That is so, yeah, I like that. Okay. <laughs> That's so interesting to think of. Yeah. It's like you can, you can be on leg day, but if you're just thinking about your core, it can be core and leg day. Right? Exactly. And, and, <laughs> and I will say just to answer that last question, it's like, what shouldn't you do? Is it a myth yeah. that you can't work your abs during pregnancy? Yeah. You shouldn't be working your six pack abs during pregnancy. No. Um, no. Like, so anything that is like supine, like yes. if you're on your back, no sit-ups because that will, that only increases the abdominal pressure. So avoid those, do everything else that like makes it a core exercise. Gotcha. Cool. All right. Well, we talked about running a little bit uh, in the beginning, but this person, this next person wanted to know, what about, what about running pre and post birth too? Um, any advice? Does running kill your pelvic floor? Okay. This is going to be an <laughs> unpopular answer. <laughs> the short answer is that it is not awesome for your yeah. pelvic floor. Yeah. Later, That's what my pregnancy. pelvic floor PT told me yeah. too. So. <laughs> it's just not awesome. Yeah, like you're like in the first trimester, you know, there it's totally fine. I don't know. I and mean, there's not a lot of people that are super up for running during yeah. their first trimester, but like, and even like halfway into your second trimester, it's, it's not terrible. I think as soon as your, your pelvic floor and your uterus start expand, like as soon as your uterus starts expanding into your pelvic floor, that's when you're really kind of putting a little bit too much pressure mm-hmm. on your pelvic floor. And then postpartum, it's like, there's just like your pelvic floor has worked so hard for let's call it 30 weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just been holding everything up and, and now it finally isn't and it's like getting this opportunity to recover and then you just start running and it's just like pounding everything on it and it, mm-hmm. it, it might just not be up for it yet I think everyone hears like that oh like you know I'm cleared for exercise at six weeks and now I can start running again heck Chance no of, oh my yeah, god I yeah. wouldn't have ran, ran at six <laughs> weeks no thank you <laughs> yeah it's, it's just like I mean the yeah, sure. You can run, but like, you're probably going to leak everywhere because yeah. like, you know, like, and so I think like there's a lot of, there's a lot of retraining that you need to do to get yourself ready for, for running. And I know that I know, run cause like I was one of these people too. I know runners want to get back to running as yes. soon as possible, but to be able to do running the rest of your life, like you really want to get, you really want to get your body back in shape. Like, physically to be able to handle that high impact training. And so yeah. like it's, it's doing the core work, it's doing pelvic floor work, making sure that you're ready and be assessed by a pelvic floor PT. And she'll say, yeah, you know what? You should give it a try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, very good advice. Very good advice. No, I was just going to say too, um, 
that I saw my pelvic floor PT and I talked to her about this because yeah, running is something that I used to enjoy a whole lot before I had children. Mm -hmm. And then I had children and just couldn't find the time for it. And I'm like, you know what, now that Rylan's getting a little bit older, I want to get back into running. And like, you think this is a good idea? She was like, you know, you just kind of have to see how it goes. And she said the same kind of spiel that you, you know, that you just did. And she said, but you know what, if you find that you're not quite right, you know, quite back. Cause I really, honestly, I, mean, I want to get back into running because of the benefits because it's exercise benefit. But I was like, you know, what sounds so good right now, going outside and being by myself for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's so yes. nice. That's the nice thing about running. Um, so she was like, yep. well, why don't you, why don't you just walk? And then that will, that will train, you know, that will, mm-hmm. that will give you that same benefit of getting outside for 30 minutes. And then, you know, once you feel like your pelvic floor is, is strong enough, whether that's at the six month mark or whether that's a little bit later or a little bit or a little bit earlier, then you can start with a little, you know, mild running. But she was like, just just walk. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's that sounds good. It, I will say too, because like I, you know, for people who are like want the high intensity, like I yeah. I started with hill walks. Like I would just yes. get, I have like a really big hill yeah. outside of my house and I just would go up and down, up and yeah. down. And like when I'd and be going low up, impact. I, yeah. Yeah. It's low impact and I would be able to get my heart rate up. The the other thing the other reason why people like to run after like after birth is, you know, some people like to have alone time, but Others, it's like it makes it easy because you can just throw your kid in the running stroller, yes, and yes. you don't have to like time it perfectly. Like they're getting their outdoors time, I and mean, that right. was that was me with my first. I was just right. like, I could, you know, build it in, but um, but yeah, it's 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 just just you know, give your body time to heal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we will get right back into this week's episode after a quick break from this week's sponsor. As you might have guessed, this week is sponsored by the Juna app. So I touched on what the Juna app can offer you a little bit in the beginning of this episode, and we've talked about it in the in the episode with Sarah already. But I just wanted to quickly hop on here and talk about some of the more cool features that the Juna app has. So not only does it have workouts that you can follow, exercises that you can follow every day, um, but it also has week-by-week nutritional guidance and recipes based on the development of your body and baby. It's pretty cool. You log in and you have your little week pop-up that you're in, gives you like a little recipe to follow. It's it's pretty neat. It's a nice little tracker as well. They also have labor prep tips in there. Woohoo, like that. <laughs> Mobility and therapeutic workouts like di- diaphragmatic breathing, which I think we've talked about in this episode thus far, or we're about to talk about it. I know I remember talking to Sarah about that when I recorded um, and the benefits of that diaphragmatic breathing. They also have weekly insider tips, blogs, and other podcast episodes specific to your stage and week of pregnancy. It's a pretty cool little app, and I highly, highly recommend it. If you want to check out the Juna app, you can search for it in the App Store or Google Play, or you can go to subscribe.juna.co and sign up, and you can use my code. It is Liesel, L-I-E-S-E-L, for 20% off a yearly subscription. But they, like I said, they do have a seven-day free trial And now let's get right back into this week's episode. All right. Well, going into this next question, uh, do we really have to wait six weeks from birth to begin exercise? We've already talked about running. This is a little bit different, just general exercise or kind of how soon can you start or how soon, I guess we've talked about pelvic floor stuff. How soon can you start that kind of stuff too? Yeah, I think this, this one is, um, is, is, my favorite because you know yeah. ACOG has, has just updated their guidelines as well, which is yeah. which and they've said you know anywhere between immediately after birth and six to eight weeks postpartum. It basically saying it's different for everybody. There's so many variables that go into your ability to come back to fitness after your baby, like how yeah. active you were during pregnancy. If yeah. you exercise throughout your whole pregnancy, the likelihood of you being able to resume shorter after birth is much, much higher. Um, the type of birth that you had. So is it traumatic? Did you have a C-section? Did you have forceps? Was it uncomplicated vaginal birth with no tear? Like mm-hmm. that person will probably resume exercise much sooner than someone who had a traumatic third degree tear. Yeah. Um, also things that are less like less talked about, but like, what are the demands of your infant? 
infant? Like, do, is your, mm-hmm. is your, is your baby a super easy baby that, you know, like, you know, you set them down and they're totally fine in a, in a, uh, swing or mm-hmm. are they like, are you constantly, you know, uh, rocking them or bouncing them on a ball and doesn't really give you the opportunity to yeah. recover as much as, as quickly as you'd want. Um, so all those things kind of tie into the, how quickly you can resume exercise. I think the biggest thing is that there like there's no need to like rush back into fitness if you're not feeling great. Like the yeah. the faster you return like without being ready, you can have just much more serious repercussions like mm-hmm. urinary incontinence, pelvic issues, SI pain. Um, like the more that you try and exercise on a body that's already out of alignment, the more you're going to have issues down the line. And so I, like, I, again, always see, like, I just really recommend seeing a pelvic floor PT because they'll have a, be able to assess and say like, yeah, you're, you know, you seem ready. And then also make sure that you have an open dialogue with your provider. Like I, you know, for example, like my midwife delivered me. Um, Mm -hmm. she knew exactly what happened. And I told, you know, I got, when I was two weeks postpartum, I said, Hey, like, I'm feeling really good. Um, what's your thought? I wanted to kind of resume some, some stretching, a little bit of yoga, some upper body work. And she was like, you're, you're totally good. Like if you're feeling like you're fine, then like, like, you know, like everything I saw, it would suggest that you're fine. Yeah. Not everyone has like a text relationship with their provider, but like you can always email your OB. Yeah. You can have that conversation with your OB right after you have your baby. You know, like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just have that open dialogue. Cause the person who was down there knows what, know, like knows what to assess and knows it better. Yeah. Good advice. Well, this next one is what sort of exercises should I be doing if I had a C-section versus a vaginal? Is there any difference? Are there any certain exercises that should only be do? you know, be done with moms who have had C-sections or moms who have had vaginal deliveries, or is there just really no, no difference? You know, the, the biggest difference for vaginal versus C-section is going to be when you resume. Mm -hmm. Um, like if you had a C-section and and I, I haven't had a C-section, so I don't want to act like I know, but based on the, (laughs) all of my friends that have had that have had C-sections you like at two weeks postpartum the thought of something going like of bending your core like still hurts right Mm -hmm. so whereas like when you've had a vaginal birth like you you're like oh I can start doing these um these kegels or these bridges and and like you know so our our post our our core restore program basically is like if you're if you had a vaginal birth you can resume, you can start this program at four weeks if you've had a C section then you want to make sure that your your providers you know like that your a that your your um, incision is completely healed at mm-hmm. least it's closed um, and that you have gotten the clearance from your OB and so that's that's kind of our our position is yeah. six to eight weeks for C-section. You want to be waiting because like tissue takes that long to heal. And even yeah. though your incision might be closed, there's like eight layers below that. That all needs to be cleared too. And then the the like the exercises that I recommend for, for everyone is basically doing the, all that deep core work that you know, kind of like reawakes, re reconnects your core muscles, mm-hmm. um, in a really important way that kind of establishes the foundation for the rest of your fitness to come. Cool. Cool. Well, this next one is about C-sections too. And this person wants to know, is there any sort of exercise to target that C-section apron? And that is fairly common with moms who I'm sure you have questions about that all the time that they have that, you know, where they have the incision and then they just have belly kind of over it. Yes. Um, So the biggest culprit for that is usually scar tissue. Mm -hmm. And so doing scar tissue mobilization early and like continuing to do it is like the thing that you can do that is most beneficial. And even if you had a C-section, two years ago, you can still start doing scar tissue mobilization. I also, yeah. again, recommend seeing pelvic floor PT. <laughs> That's the answer to all can, these questions. It is. It is. <laughs> they, they can help you with all of this. But the the next thing, and like, you know, everyone, everyone asks like, what are the exercises I can do? Mm-hmm. But more importantly is, is cleaning up your diet. And so it's, it's oh. removing inflammatory foods that cause inflammation near and around scar tissue. And so like, mm. if you start, if you, I, like I, I, I recommend to people who 
DM me about this because I do get this question all the time too, is yeah. remove dairy, remove gluten, mm-hmm. like remove processed foods and, and see if that makes a difference because when you can remove inflammation, that will help. And then the last thing is strengthening your deep core muscles. So it's like really making sure that you're, you're like essentially the corset muscle, which is your TVA is yeah. really strong because the more that, you know, basically the more your corset, the more your TVA can act like a corset, the more that shelf will go away. Gotcha. Interesting. Cool. All right. Well, this next person, we have a couple more. This person says, I'm struggling with finding time to work out. Do you have any tips? Oh. <laughs> I know, you know, it's, especially when you have multiple children, it's hard. It's hard. It is. I know. I like motherhood is just insane. And like yeah. when <laughs> it's like I like each time I've added a child to my brood, <laughs> I like yeah. I had to like readjust my schedule because with my when I had my first kid, my routine, I the way I established my, the first thing I would say is establish a routine that works for you. So if yeah. it's like for me, it was I would work out. The, during the first nap. Like that mm-hmm. was just like my schedule. My mm-hmm. baby would wake up at f- six, six thirty, go down for his first nap at eight thirty. And no matter what, that was when I would do my workout. Yeah. And if he woke up in the middle of my workout, I would just put him on a mat next to me and finish my workout. Uh-huh. When I added a second kid, that got a little harder because like my first kid wasn't napping at eight thirty. And so uh-huh. <laughs> juggling it was a little bit different. Um, and so I, it was, it's, it, it's just finding and establishing your new routines, but like, like you need to establish the routine, like, which means do it one to two weeks and like, then it'll start to stick. Don't like try once and be like, this doesn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that I would, I would recommend like finding something that you like doing. Um, and so if like, if you're like really wanting to commit to a new workout program and you love dancing, don't like do a strength training program because yeah. like you're going to have to like, you're not going to motivate. Like it's, it's just so hard to stick to something when you're not having fun. Yeah. And so find the a program that is something that you will, you love to do and you're having fun and you'll like look forward to doing it every day. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, like you're just like you're going to be like, find every excuse not to do it. Oh no, I totally agree with that. If whether it's either, you know, if you're doing a strength training program like the Juna app, have the TV on in the background, have friends yes. in the background. You can watch friends or <laughs> or put on your headphones and like listen to music at the same time, you know, like doing something that you enjoy. I mean, some people like I like quiet. So like I just like quiet because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have a lot of quiet in my life anymore. So I like quiet yeah. when I work out. But um, but yeah, if it's whether it's like having the TV on and watching a show that you really like or whatever. I, I mean, if it, if it's, if you're, if you're, ha- if, if the program that you're doing or what you're doing or whether it's running, I mean, a lot of people hate yeah. running or walking because it's like boring, you know, incorporating something that you actually I listen enjoy. to audiobooks when I, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Same. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's so funny, by the way, that you say, watch, put it, put there's like every, the amount of feedback that we get from like, you know, pregnant women and moms like that's, that say like, I have loved the June app. Cause it's like my, like they watch the show that they can't watch with their partner. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I always used to watch the bachelor whenever I'd work <laughs> out and like, I just put June on in front and then I'd have a TV on in yeah. the background. And, and so when people are like, we can make comments about the audio or some, something. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, you listen to the, to the cues. I love that. Like, cause I, I've like never listened to the cues ever because I'm just busy watching the bachelor. <laughs> that is too funny. Oh, all right. Well, this last question I think is probably one of the most common. Um, and this person just says, how long on average does it take to lose the quote unquote baby weight after having a baby? Will my body ever be the same? Yes. So I'm going to answer this on like three parts, I think, because the first, like the, so like, let's say you, first of all, it's different for everyone. There's so many variables that go into this. Like, like every answer I've given you, you know, there's just like, it's different for everybody. Yeah. If you were to change nothing though, like you just like, you're eating the same, you're exercising the same. And like this, like you're not, like you're not trying to lose weight. You're not doing, you're just like existing. Yeah. Then you will typically lose your baby weight anywhere between six to 12 months. Like that's yeah. like kind of the average, like most people will just end up like going back to their average normal weight from anywhere between six and 12 months. Mm-hmm. 
if like, but that's not to say like some people breastfeeding is like, like a firepower to their, to their metabolism. And Mm -hmm. like within two months, they're like skinnier than they ever were. Mm -hmm. And God bless those people. Uh, that's not me. I was just going <laughs> to say that is not, not me. me. <laughs> oh, I had a coworker and she came back and she was like emaciated skinny. And I was oh like, wait, gosh. what is happening? And then like, and then finally when she was done breastfeeding, she like got back to her normal weight and she was just yeah. like, every baby, this is just like, like it just like, it, and I was like, I'm so jealous. Or I actually <laughs> no, I expected that to happen to me and then yeah. it didn't happen to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and on the flip side of that, like there's some people that breastfeed and their body just like holds on to five pounds and yep, they won't lose me. that five pounds. Yeah, that's me too. <laughs> Um, and they just won't lose that last five pounds until they're done breastfeeding. Yeah. And so I, I will say though, there are things that you can do in the, because like, again, I think a lot of people are desperate to, you know, feel like themselves again yeah. and, yeah. and feel confident about their body. And that's wonderful. Like that, I, I, I very much was focused after all of my pregnancies to not, I'm not like, oh my God, I want to be skinny again. And like, that's what I, I want my body back. Like, I, but I wanted to feel like myself and I wanted right. to feel confident when I looked in the mirror. And part of that is having and wearing my clothes that I wore before pregnancy. Yeah. And there's no shame in that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that there, there are things that you can do. Um, I, I always recommend waiting until your breast milk has regulated. Mm-hmm. Um, that first, like, the first two months postpartum, like you're just, you're getting, especially with your first baby, you're getting used to a lot. And, um, it takes around two months, I think for your body to stop working on prolactin and then it starts to regulate and your mm-hmm. breast milk regulates. I, I, every time I'm, this is speaking from personal experience, like my, at two months is when I was like, okay, now I'm going to tighten up my diet and I'm going to, I always would always do a whole 30 after, mm-hmm. um, after, uh, at, at my, at, during the third month. Mm-hmm. Cause then I was going back to work and I'm like, I want to be able to wear my normal clothes. So there's things that you can do in terms of tightening up your diet and doing an exercise program where like you can lose the weight much faster than six to 12 months. Mm -hmm. Um, It just depends on like on your priorities. Some people, their priority is not, is not like losing the weight super fast and that's totally fine Yeah, for some, for other people it is. And I think like respecting that, that like everyone's like decisions are going to be different and we don't need to shame anyone either way for what their choices are. Mm -hmm. Um, is really important. And so to answer your question, on average, it takes anywhere from six to 12 months. You can lose that weight faster. You may lose that weight slower. And so yeah. it's, it's really like, I think your, your dietary choices are like, will lead the way on that. And, um, not that this was a question, but it does usually come with weight loss is like, does like, how, how does exercise and weight loss impact my milk supply? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, we just, I'll just answer that question in case anybody, it's, it's yeah. anybody wants to hear it. That's right? a big one. No, I mean, that's something that, that, that you're very concerned or milk supply. And like, how do I even, do I pump before I work out or do <laughs> I, you know, it's, yes. you, you have to be thinking about all of that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I recommend pumping before you work out because yes. <laughs> it, it will be painful. Yeah. Um, and like find a really supportive bra, sports mm-hmm. bra, and take that sports bra off after you sweat in it. You don't mm-hmm. wanna you'll get some clogged ducts if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but make sure that so going back to breast to milk supply, you exercise does not reduce milk supply if you're not eating enough and you're exercising right. and you're breastfeeding, you're your milk supply will dip because you're not eating enough calories. Right. So doesn't have anything like to do baseline, with the exercise. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with the exercise. It has, you know, like breastfeeding can burn up to 500 calories a day. And then like, let's say you're doing another 30 minutes of working out. So you burn another 300 calories. And in your mind, cause like, like the alt media has us thinking that 1200 calorie diets are normal. So you're like, Oh, I'm not pregnant yeah. anymore. So now I'm going to eat 1200 calories a day. Yeah. You're at too much of a deficit and you're, yeah, you will you're, like keel over and keel die. over. And, die. <laughs> yeah. and yeah. so like, it's so like, I, I say at a minimum, no matter what you're doing, eat 1800 calories. Yes. Like, and, and don't like, do not go below 1800 calories, yeah. which it's, it's really hard when you're breastfeeding to go below oh. 1800 calories. You're just hungry. Oh yeah. Time. Oh Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's like my, just do not go below 1800 calories while you're, while you're breastfeeding and trying to lose weight. Yeah. It will come off if you're at 1800 calories. It will. Day. It will eventually. Yeah. And just yeah. to touch on to the person asked like, will my body ever be the same? And I, yes. it, it will, it will. I feel like 
my body now, I mean, it's different now because he's only four, my child's only four months old, but in between Walter, I would say my body, I never, you know, you're, it's a tough thing to answer because like my boobs never got the same. Like they're, they're never going to be the same. They're never going to be the same. (laughs) It's fine, but it's fine. You know, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm okay with it. And like things I can still wear some of my clothes, not now, but I could still wear some of my clothes that I had before I had Walter, but they just kind of fit a little bit differently. Like I was the same size, but like Mm -hmm. things were just in a little bit different place. (laughs) You know, it's, it's so funny. I, I, whenever somebody says, will my body be the other ever be the same? I'm like, your, your body will, like, if you want, if you want to have a a slamming body and a Mm -hmm. six pack and like, that's super important to you. You will a hundred percent have that. Like, trust me, your boobs, however, (laughs) might need some professional work. (laughs) If you breastfeed, if you breastfeed, it's just, they, and then I, I'm like, I describe it. I'm like, your boot think about like when you like every time you breastfeed which like is anywhere from six to 12 times a day for yeah. a year is what is what I did yeah your boobs stretch out when they fill up with milk and then they get sucked out and then they stretch out and then they get sucked out with milk like it's 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 literally like there's no way the elastin in your skin and your boobs is going to no. hold up especially no. if you have more than one kid yeah <laughs> like, no no is. way and your nipples like just everything. oh god yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry not to scare anybody but yeah no and there's no. no hey there's no workout that you can do on your boobs I mean nope. <laughs> like nope. there's no uh real muscle around I mean there you know you have your muscles underneath your boobs but yeah the the boob part you can't really work out yeah. And it's, just- you know, it's funny. Is I feel like most women are kind of like, yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Like yeah. my husband can deal with, you know, like yeah. oh, my partner <laughs> yeah. can deal with whatever. It doesn't matter. But like, it, like I, 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 you know, I had my, I'm, I just had my third kid like stuttering. I had way too much coffee in this morning. <laughs> it's all good. But with, I just had my third kid and what I did not have loose skin after my second. Mm-hmm. And I remember my neighbor told me, she's like that third kid, I'm telling you, like, it just, it's like, my skin is just like mm. too. And I was like in my head thinking, cause I was nine months pregnant. I was like, I don't think so. I haven't had that experience. Like, I, you know, it, it doesn't really feel like it. And then she's like, just wait until you lose all the weight. And I was oh. like, okay. And in my head, just thinking, mm, I think she's wrong. And as I've, I mean, like I have, I still have five pounds to go, but this, this five pounds is going to hang on. But I have noticed this, this, as I've lost the weight and as my, my body's gotten skinnier, the skin around my stomach is so loose. And I'm like, oh, this is what she meant. (laughs) And that might not be everybody's experience. So I'm not putting this on on everybody, but it, it is shocking to me that it was that third one that really kind of Oops. Yep. Now there's some permanent, <laughs> there's some permanence to the, those. It makes kids. sense. It makes sense. And how, yeah. so wait, how many, how long did you wait in between? Like how old is, how old are your I kids? I know that that's the issue. I did. Yeah. They're 22 months apart and yeah. 20, so that's, 22 months apart. Yeah. They yeah. say three, having a three year age difference is the best for your body. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's say. the, at least three years is yeah. what, cause yeah, I mean, my body just went stretch back yeah. stretch back right. and yeah so right uh maybe yeah so i i should have listened cuz i think in more <laughs> ways than one three year age differences would have been easier <laughs> it's not, been okay on yeah. we have you know i have a three it's three and a half with with my two and it's been okay. it's a pretty good age age difference but i mean there's challenges you know just of like course. anything but yes. yeah yeah well good to know about the skin i didn't i didn't i didn't uh uh re- did haven't heard that from other third time moms, I guess. Oh shit. I just got unlucky <laughs> then, huh? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. All right, Sarah. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the mommy labor nurse podcast again. Can you just remind people if they want to follow along? I know we've mentioned Juna a whole lot. Can you remind people where they can find you if they want to uh, find you on social media or on the internet? Yes. Um, again, it is Juna.moms on Instagram. And we are both of the Juna app is available in both the apps in both app stores. So Android and iOS, you can find it there. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yay. Are you looking for birth education? 
Did you know that I have two fabulous birth courses that are super affordable? Well, I do. Head over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast to take a short quiz to see which birth class is for you. When you purchase either birth course, you'll have full access to it forever. And that means it will never expire and you can access it throughout any stage of your pregnancy or for any subsequent pregnancies that you have. You'll also gain free access to my Facebook group, linked to the class where you can ask questions about your pregnancy, share your birth story after you give birth, read other people's birth stories, and get to know other members who are in the course. There is also a money back guarantee. So if you are at all unsatisfied with your purchase, please, please send me an email at hello at for a full refund. There's really no risk to signing up, and I promise you will learn a ton about what's to come when you give birth. As a listener of this podcast, you automatically get 20% off any purchase if you use the code PODCASTLISTENER. I've had tons of moms just like you enter these birth courses and have fabulous, wonderful, empowering births because they feel so much more educated about what's to happen. So if you are at all curious about birth education, again, I encourage you to go to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast and use the code podcast listener to save 20%. All right, so that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.laverners for more. That is certainly where I am most active. I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast, so I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.